Happy Bitcoin Thursday, freaks. It's your host, Odell, for another Citadel Dispatch, the interactive live show focused on actionable Bitcoin and freedom tech discussion. I am ninja launching a dispatch today, live from the park. Uh, we are currently hosting our first ever global Bitcoin summit in partnership with the Human Rights Foundation. And we have participants from over 55 countries uh, here with us. Um, so with all that said, uh, it means we have a very tight schedule and it means that I am going to try and get in here and just ninja launch live whenever possible. Uh, so sorry for the lack of notice, but I would say that we already have two people in the live chat, CB Coop and BTC Pins, uh, which is impressive considering I gave people five minutes notice on Noster. Um, I am joined here by two, uh, two first-time podcast guests ever. The first podcast ever is, is officially Citadel Dispatch. We have Skylar from Fetty. How's it going, Skylar? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Skylar, your official title there is... Head of Design. Head of Design. And he also designed... Uh, the dope swag and logo of global bitcoin summit and then we have john arnold uh who works with me at 1031 how's it going john doing well long time listener first time caller glad to be here let's fucking go um as always now guys we do have the nostra live chat shown on screen you can get to that by going to sillodispatch.com slash stream um so what do you want to talk about guys i know we were talking about circular economies uh yeah, I mean, one thing I've been talking with people, particularly builders here while I've been at the park, is the reality on the ground about building Bitcoin products is so different than the ideology of Bitcoin Twitter. And it's very refreshing to hear people say shocking things like, you know, I built this Bitcoin business dependent on Bitcoiners paying Bitcoin in stores and like no Bitcoiners are doing it. Uh, it, it may be sad to people. Have you spent Bitcoin? Sometimes I do, but yeah. not enough to where I could see anyone making like a business out of it. If you yeah. went to if you went to a store and and you saw just coincidentally, you saw like I accept Bitcoin sign or whatever, would you pay in Bitcoin or would you still just tap your it phone? Or depends on my relationship. What's your main with them? payment method? Is it? It'd be just dollars. You know. Do you use Apple Pay or something? Apple Pay. Yeah. yeah. Do you use Cash ever? Rarely. Rarely. Interesting. What about you, John? I use Cash, and I remember to bring it. Part of the issue is yeah. remembering. But I love spending Bitcoin here, especially for my own node. It just feels mm. like such a superpower. Uh, yeah, Odell just threw a wad of cash on the, yeah. the, the flex. A bunch of ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make, make it rain with the ones. Oh, there's some hundreds. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You uh, always wrap the ones around the hundreds. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. I didn't. <laughs> Basic UTXO management. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. and yeah, like if I ever went to a store that had Bitcoin accepted here, um, I would willingly and gladly pull out my phone. And would you it. have a wallet ready to go? Yeah, for sure. What would the wallet be? Uh, Probably Breeze. Okay. So I, not, Zeus, not Zeus not wallet. Yeah. Mine's yeah. wallet of Satoshi. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of where I was going. I was looking yeah. for the wallet of Satoshi yeah. or strike answer. Yeah. Um, oh, I have strike too, but yeah. But I, I mean, so that's interesting. So the way I, I'm an ideological consumer. Yeah. yeah. So if I see a, if a store, if I can, 
I will always attempt to pay with cash if Bitcoin's not accepted. Mm. And even if the store says no cash, I will take my cash out and Force attempt it. to pay. So then they're like, oh no, do you see the sign? No cash. Because I want them to feel yeah. that pain yeah. of going right. of going card only. Um, but if I saw, which I let's be honest, is very rare. If I saw for some reason I walked in and it was a Bitcoin accepted sign, um, I would 100% pay with Bitcoin. We were talking on the way over yeah. about takes that you have that Bitcoin Twitter would probably disagree with. And actually this like maybe spurs one for me. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's not something people disagree with, but I think it's got to, it's going to come ultimately from the merchants. Like there will be, and I think needs to be merchant demand to receive mm. payment either in Bitcoin or over Bitcoin, whether that's like, you know, something like what strike has proposed using Bitcoin as a rail or, yeah. um, some other method, but yeah, I think that starts as like 1% discount for paying in Bitcoin, 2% discount, whatever. And eventually gets to like, I only take Bitcoin here, like keep your dollars at home. But I think yeah. that's the catalyst that's going to make it happen. Not probably the other way around. So except merchants in, except in pushing pockets. discounts to yeah. get. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so this relates to something we were talking about too, which is Bitcoin. The You don't only have two options for jobs, the fiat world and the Bitcoin world. Like you don't have to work at a Bitcoin company and you don't only have to work at a fiat company. Bitcoiners should all be making really good companies, regardless of if it's like Bitcoin or not. Yeah, this is what I said. Like, yeah, like maybe we should be telling people like open a retail store and accept Bitcoin. Yeah, like make the best retail store ever and be super profitable, be amazing. And then you onboard people to Bitcoin that way. Like I had I have freaks of all shapes and sizes that list dispatch and rabbit hole recap. And I'll always remember this one guy who was like, I really want to contribute to Bitcoin. Um, and he's like, I'm a dentist. Like, what should I do or whatever? I was like, just be a dentist that accepts Bitcoin. Like, yeah. Bitcoiners yeah. need dentists. Because yeah. mm -hmm. you'll probably reach more people with Bitcoin than if you only accepted Bitcoin at that point, too. But this is like the, this is the other part that we were talking about. Basically, me and Skylar... And John were having a conversation outside and I dragged them into the studio and I was like, we got, I was like, it's a waste if we don't turn the mics on. Um, it brings up another question, which is, uh, there's, it, so I, I think to, to distill it, the way it kind of comes is, is merchant demand first, that the merchant wants their customers to pay in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, and so the question is, is why would a merchant want to do that? Now, for the first Bitcoin business, first business of a type in an area, there's a very strong marketing incentive, right? Or like uh, the Perth Heat, for example, the the Australian mm -hmm. baseball team that everybody knows, even though no one follows Australian baseball because they were the first baseball team to accept Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, people might not actually be spending Bitcoin on beer and stuff in the venue, but they're selling jerseys yeah. abroad globally to people with Bitcoin. But the second, a second baseball team adds Bitcoin or the third, those kind of extra marketing effects they're getting are diminished. And same with if you had a hardware store in Nashville that's accepting Bitcoin, that first hardware store might get like 90% of Bitcoin in business because we go out of our way to shop at the one hardware store that has Bitcoin. But when three or four have it, then yeah, you and hit a stumbling block. The, right? the Perth Heat, I think, is a great example, um, actually, of kind of the dynamic that I expect to play out over time. Like... Pete Wynn from Fetty was was talking about it yesterday on one of the panels that um, one of the issues that they were having was 
baseball players from like Japan or from the U S in the off season would come down to Australia for like three months and play, you know, in the leagues down there. But if you're only gonna be there for like three or six months, it's like a nightmare or impossible to get like a bank account. And so like, how do you like manage payroll? How do you get paid? Yeah. Well, Bitcoin obviously is like the, the easy solution for that. And you know, it's a unique solution. And suddenly it like solved this problem for them. The light bulb went off and they, they integrated it. And I think it's like, that's more the story that we're going to see. It's like merchants ne- probably won't in mass, like accept it because like, you know, fuck the state or because <laughs> of desire for like censorship resistance. They'll do it because I wouldn't discount the incentive of fuck the state. I, I would love if that were the case. I'd love for that to be the, to be a thing. Uh, and you know, broadly, but I think like something like the Perth heat where it's like, Oh, I, the light bulb comes on because like this solves a problem for me in a way that, uh, the fiat system can't and for like u.s merchants i think that'll mostly right, they had be, a like, real savings. need yeah yeah um so that'll come from like you know the, the pull of the incentive more so than the push of like mm-hmm. ideology um mm-hmm. i'd love i'd love if there were more like ideological stores just like accepting bitcoin just because of all its you know um valuable qualities but yeah that's what kind of what i expect I, we will get there eventually but just now is not the time like uh, I think that really the time comes is up, now. Well, the time is now, but I think the pr- like price increase will bring way more merchants. Be yeah. like, oh, I want to get some of this stuff. Like, I want it. Like, it's going up. I want it. It's like that. NGU is just NGU tech is like it drives this. Merchants have to want it. You can't just give them something they don't want because right now Bitcoin is kind of a burden to a lot of merchants because they're like, my employee, my minimum wage employee is trying to deal with this software that we use like once a month because one bitcoiner comes yeah. in a month and it's like i want to give you sats and they don't know how to use it so they're calling them like it's just a headache you know and then if the payment doesn't work like if lightning like right i mean with on the opposite side of that would be something like Takiza, which is the taco place in miami exactly yeah it's like the perth heat of taco places yes. and it's like the owner of Takiza is a bitcoiner and wants yeah. to stack sats and wants bitcoin to win mm-hmm. So like he gets all of his employees the Bitcoin standard and he's like constantly like I assume he like wakes up in the morning and like walks in. It's like, have we made any Bitcoin today, yeah. folks? You know, <laughs> and just like constantly trying to make it happen. But he also accepts fiat and his business is healthy because of that. Right. Right. A lot of people want to pay in fiat. So well, then what about that? What about uh, and maybe this does not work for physical businesses. I'm, I'm not going to say doesn't. It depends where you are. But uh, for online businesses that just are bitcoin only i there's something to be said about there's a ton of bitcoiners that the only time they've ever spent bitcoin was because they had no choice that there was no other currency accepted yeah is is there an argument for online businesses that only accept bitcoin and force you to kind of figure it out if you want the product i don't think that's a good idea personally (laughs) i don't know what you think but i'm like i would rather see really really healthy, strong businesses that also accept Bitcoin. Yeah. I and I, right. I don't think you can be really, really healthy and strong if you're only accepting Bitcoin. It just limits you. That's a hot take. But I'm like, you're cutting. Like, for, There's some companies that only accept Bitcoin. I would love for them to implement something on their website that says uh, pay in fiat. And when you tap it, it tracks the click to see how many people actually want to click pay in fiat. But it says coming soon or like we haven't built this out yet. And you just kind of trick them. But like it captures their initial like, oh, I actually want to just pay in fiat because then they could actually see like how much business am I actually losing because of this and then quantify the the Mm -hmm. reality, you know. So I don't know. 
that's kind of my thing. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I think there's like a a market segmentation argument, right? Yeah. Like where um, if you are primarily serving Bitcoiners or if you think like, you know, Adele was talking about, like you're the first business in an area and it's like, yeah. it's like a marketing initiative and a way to kind of differentiate yourself and make a splash. Like that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah. He, but doesn't that ca- like that? There's such a limit to that for sure. And yeah, in businesses, you don't want limits. Like you don't want limits in that way. Like you want limits in other ways, but like there's a small pool. Right. And it's like kind of want the ocean, not that tiny. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not mutually exclusive. Right? Yeah, that's like, true. That's it, true. A, a business being on a Bitcoin standard, like a small business being on a Bitcoin standard doesn't really like, you know, dilute or, you know, harm uh, the overall um, push type organization. No. Yeah. Um, at best, it's a small, that's true. small positive, right? Like, yeah, that's true. It's kind of all upside. Yeah. But I think there's like a, a, a point too of like, I just want to see Bitcoiners. We have BTC pins in the comments oh. going, as a merchant that used to accept fiat, I have a good idea how much less business I've had and I'm fine with it. How much less? Yeah, I, I want to know. Like, BTC pins, I love you, but it sounds a little copish. Can you, do you have any like numbers? percent i mean i understand yeah i i totally understand the drive to do it but i like yeah there are there are downsides to accepting fiat of course but um yeah i think there's i I think i think the ultimate like trojan horse for like the way i see it playing out is something like dollar to bitcoin to dollars or like your currency to bitcoin to my currency yeah and like you know if yeah. i if i want to receive bitcoin yeah. as a merchant i can do that if you want to pay in bitcoin i want to receive in dollars i yeah. can do that like and then because then you get to a point where all the infrastructure is eventually set up probably initially it starts out as dollar to bitcoin to dollar everywhere mm-hmm. and then gradually gradually and suddenly right like merchants are like well maybe i should take some of my settlement in bitcoin and maybe yeah. it's like five percent then ten percent then maybe i just constantly receive bitcoin and by the way like it's the slider you ux yeah. Yeah. right yeah exactly I, I like visualizing the slider ux yeah. where the merchants constantly is 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 changing the balance their of their yeah. split yeah. um btc pen says half sales but also bear market I will say also like like dealing with fiat fucking sucks. Like when we've started open yeah. sats, we were like, we're gonna have no yeah. bank accounts or anything. That's cool. And like now we do, and now it's Gigi's problem, you know, <laughs> and it's a fucking pain in the ass. And yeah. uh even with that, like we needed to we knew we needed to accept credit card donations. Yeah. Even though we convert them into Bitcoin, like we knew that's what, you know, people were gonna wanna do. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just like products it just kind of ties back to some product thinking that i've had which is like you don't want to force people to do things that aren't totally natural to them like Mm -hmm. that is friction and like yeah obviously some friction is good and not everything should be so easy that like you can be brain dead and do it but like there's just some things it's just like there's other ways to get people into bitcoin than like forcing very difficult situations and i'm not like trying to force anybody i just uh, no i know I'm a, I, it's just like a principle you have. I just no. I mean, I I also need to like. I don't want to sell Bitcoin. I want to spend Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, that's what much like, more fulfilling. I, I agree. mean, well, let's talk about it. like if if we want to talk about a business, it's such a chicken in the egg, right? Because if you want to talk about a business or a person operating on a Bitcoin standard, uh, it works much better. It's much easier once you have oh. other businesses you can buy yeah. stuff from. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. do all your expenses in, in Bitcoin. Like if, yeah. every time you have to 
convert to fiat before you make a yeah. thing. That's another piece of friction. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's complete chicken and egg. Like yeah. I don't. I think neither probably comes first. It's just kind of organically happens gradually, yeah. then suddenly, right? Yeah. Because the more like I've I've tried this sometimes. Like before, I was doing freelance for a while, and if you get paid in Bitcoin and you have bills, fiat bills, you're just like. And you, you go on Twitter and they're like, never sell your Bitcoin. You're like, dude, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You have to like reverse DCA. It's yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you're these people like that say never sell are like clearly not earning Bitcoin. They're because, not all in. Yeah. yeah it's like, right, right, right. like when you're actually all in, you're like, oh, shoot, this is really hard. Because yeah. you're like, yeah, I would love to pay all my bills in Bitcoin. I would spend Bitcoin be if so that nice. was the case. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the problem is like fiat denominated liabilities like yeah. still dominate pretty much all over the world. I know. It's like, I agree. And that's why we have like these stop gaps or whatever, like uh, bit refill, the Bitcoin yeah. company, like the gift card stuff. So good. I think I think there's something to be said about um, in the meantime, like it would be nice if, you know, Amex integrated with someone. So like it just showed me a QR code I could pay with lightning. You know, it's yeah. just like you're still using a credit card, but like at least you're paying it off with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like it doesn't have to give me sats back. It doesn't have to dominate <laughs> shit in Bitcoin, just like payable by lightning invoice. I think would be like a nice step function improvement that should be relatively low lift. Like you just have to convince one company. What if there was a company, there might be one that does this, but what if there, there was someone that built like this layer, which it was like, they're like, yeah, we're going to handle all the conversions for you for whatever credit card, what, any bill you have. And they just, you basically pay them Bitcoin and you trust them to pay your bills. That's what bill Bitcoin does in Canada. They, I think they okay. call it bills. So they they basically handle that fiat conversion, yeah. For you, hmm. yeah. You pay them Bitcoin, they pay off whatever, like your phone bills or whatever. Yeah, it'd be it'd be. I, I haven't seen that in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised but if regulation quite difficult to bill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Again, we're early, so I mean, bull Bitcoin also gets a you know yeah. they get away with some no KYC tiers and stuff, and like Canada. <laughs> I mean, it has a lot of faults, but it seems like uh, in some ways their financial regulation is a step above. Yeah, which is kind of astounding, right? Yeah. Given everything that's happened in the past couple of years. I mean, we're the land of much KYC and yeah, yeah. long arm of FinCEN. And mm -hmm. It's like one of the reasons I'm concerned that so much mining is happening here. Sure. Um, okay, well, I... On the positive note, I really liked what Leo said on the panel yesterday that we did in Circular Economy, which was uh, Leo is the former face of Hong Kong Bitcoin. Um, and he did the Hong Kong Bitcoin meetup for 10 years. I think he had the Hong Kong Bitcoin Association as well. Mm. Um, and then he moved to Vancouver when Hong Kong fell. Mm. Uh, and of course, as every other Bitcoiner, was a complete masochist and couldn't help himself and entrenched himself in the... Uh, Vancouver Bitcoin community and now he believes that they have the most Bitcoin accepting merchants that are active in North America Dang. Um, and uh, his main tactic was they would add a merchant and then they'd basically task meetup participants to like stop there every day and just bombard them with essentially like fake traffic yeah it's like real life bots until wow. because that way they also the employees constantly get reminders of it yep. the meetup participants can be uh helping them mm -hmm. accept the bitcoin because you know whoever yep. knows which employees serving there doesn't know how to use the point of sale or something 
that's smart. and basically yeah. like arming your meetup group to kind of fake it till you make it yeah i mean like i'm i'm all for that like the grassroots push like we should definitely be doing that i should be doing more to like help with that we probably all should i don't know if it scales but like it's it like definitely I, like does I said, not scale. yeah it, i mean it goes hand in hand it's like, like not scalable yeah. by design yeah but i think the idea is like a defibrillator or something like if you can like i think we all and it's a little bit dangerous like i justin says this like this idea of uh, Bitcoin being inevitable can be dangerous depending on your perspective of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because then you feel like you don't have to do anything. Yes. I think most of us believe that like Bitcoin being the standard money of the world that you can spend anything you need to buy, like you can buy with Bitcoin and vice versa. Um, that it's like inevitable in the future. But the the thing that I at least want to think about is like how can I make that happen a little bit quicker? Like the quicker mm -hmm. that happens, the better. Especially if you're looking in a situation where, you know, we've already seen a ton of pressure on on the the fiat exit ramps to Bitcoin, and yeah. and there's a good chance that that they get closed down even more, right? And and private Bitcoin usage and self and when I say private Bitcoin usage, I don't even mean you understand privacy best practices on Bitcoin. I just mean self-custody. Like an right? individual. Yeah. Holding yeah. self-custody can could potentially be criminalized or, or be discouraged and made very difficult yeah. from a regulatory point of view. And what protects us from that is the ability to spend and earn a, in Bitcoin yeah, directly because right, it's right. it's inherently more distributed. If it's if it's a bunch of bodegas yeah. versus, you know, three eight three on ramps or whatever, exit ramps, it's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, this is not to indicate that we should be complacent by any means, but I think you've said before, Matt, that like, uh, uh, government's clamping down on Bitcoin to show like why you need Bitcoin. Yeah. And like, if you really get into this adversarial, like truly like adversarial situation where these exit ramps are just being blocked, like that's probably also a situation in which the value proposition of Bitcoin is becoming clearer and clearer to more people. And so you mm -hmm. probably also get like, you, it's like you squeeze like really hard on this one end and on the other end, it just all kind of goes to the other end. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get more businesses and people just like realizing, um, some need for like the use of, but to be clear in that situation, that the, the merchants would all be fuck the state merchants. That'd be great. Yeah. And also, I mean, you created the term fuck the state merchants or I adapted it from you. Um, like that's what most of the cash only merchants are. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Like they're not doing it out of convenience. They're not doing it out of, they're doing it purely out of like mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it for ideological reasons. I mean, there's few and fewer of them, but. Well, this, what you're talking about with the state clamping down uh, it made me think of um when gun regulations come out mm -hmm. you go to the gun store everything's sold out yeah, or yeah. it's way more expensive smith and wesson stock goes through the roof every time there's like you know talk of like new gun control laws but when like when i talk to some people in my life that i've like orange orange filled like you know they they kind of are like they get when they think about something happening with some regulation happening they're like kind of makes me want to sell interesting i'm like yeah it's different so people yeah why yeah of course but i'm like why do they think to buy more guns before like different people though no it's the same person the same person's going to buy more guns they view bitcoin and guns as different yeah and i'm like why i mean clearly there's an obvious reason why they're not the same thing but like they're both freedom tools. They, yeah, they don't see Bitcoin as this thing that can protect them. Maybe it's a lack of physicality. 
Probably. It takes a little, it's like more of a paradigm shift in your head. Like it's very easy to hold a gun and, and understand the power. Maybe the internet with. thing makes them think that it can be confiscated easier or yeah. like sent easier. Well, I don't know. Theoretically, like the benefits of having a gun accrue to you, like entirely regardless of like what's happening outside in the world. Like you, if true. you know how to use it, like it's fine. You kind of need for like to get the maximum benefits. You, you could make the argument like to get the maximum benefits out of holding and using Bitcoin. You need like to Matt's point, a mm. bunch of merchants to accept it. And so like if, if you or end up it's not useful, yeah, you're out on this island yeah. where you hold this like freedom money that no one wants. That's it's a like, good point. <laughs> so like a gun, it's not really the same thing because you can get all the benefits from just holding it. But like Bitcoin, you could argue. I don't really agree with this, but like to steal man. It, like maybe that's oh you're the right fear, right like, but anyway uh, to connect everything yeah like it's it should be such an obvious sell to get gun stores to accept bitcoin and I, that's been a hard process yeah. too and a lot of them are still cash businesses they're like i know about gold yeah i accept gold yeah like i could bring in my gold <laughs> bar and pay with that Is it like just a, the, some of them accept personal checks you know and they don't accept yeah. bitcoin is it just the boomer factor i like, think mostly yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like like maybe we should give them like the creature from Jekyll Island. Maybe that might like wake them up a little bit. It might, might make them gold bugs, but I don't know. There, yeah, I, I. It is interesting the comparison of like gun culture because there's a lot of similarities, right? Uh, if you talk to uh, a lot of people in the firearms community, they will say like, if you went to a store and completed a background check, like you have cucked guns, uh, right? Or like hmm, you have yeah. no KYC guns. Um, That's true. Yeah, there's like there's a lot of cultural no overlap. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's freedom tech, like you exactly. said. Exactly. But it's interesting, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to go back to your uh, controversial, controversial opinions that most of Bitcoin Twitter doesn't agree with you. Mm. You use the term orange pilling. Yeah fucking hate the term you do oh yeah i think it's so bad yeah so why because you can't force someone to use bitcoin you like i don't think you can really convince someone to use bitcoin i think mm. they need to find the need and uh i think bitcoin is inherently with consent and for whatever reason i just feel like i'm sitting at a bar and you're dropping an orange yeah. pill in my drink yeah <laughs> oh, okay so you don't make the connection to the red like the red pill take the red pill no i mean like the i mean that's the obvious connection well, to make I, th I think it's like, but I'm not red pilling necessarily. Yeah, exactly. I'm Same. You, like, you can I've take always... whatever pill you want, but like orange pilling is a action you take on someone else. Yeah, exactly. It's There's aggressive. no force there though. Is there not? I mean, dude, the picture is that he's holding out a blue pill and an orange or a red pill. And it's like, no, no, I'm saying in Bitcoin terms, like when someone says orange pilling, I've, I've always thought of it as just like convincing someone to take a pill. Nah, maybe I'm wrong. But Neo, is... Neo took the red pill like himself. They were held out and like offered to him, right? And he like, you know, but reaches the out conversation is the offering, I think. Yeah, I, I think I like I took the orange pill. I think that's fine. But to say like, oh, I orange pilled him like that sounds like you how know, many people I gave this orange pill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like I took him. I was on vacation the other day and I orange pilled 15 people. But dude, that's not force. That is <laughs> definitely not. I mean, unless they literally forced it. But I'm like. I I don't like it because it's cringe, but I kind of yeah. just embrace the cringe about it. But I'm like, I I really hate it. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's funny. I, I haven't thought of one of my opinions that. Um, all respect. We have Stack Toshi in the Nostra comments saying the orange pill app guys would beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. I have a funny story. And it, it uh, I mean, shout out to those guys. Uh, I have respect, a lot of respect for them. Uh, 
they asked my opinion on the early days right before they were going to launch. It was like three weeks before they were going to launch. And I was like, change the name. And they, they were like, no one has told us they didn't like the name. I was like, well, maybe people don't like it, but they just don't have the balls to tell you that you should change it. I was like, that's my opinion. You should change it. They're like, nope, we love the name. We're going to keep it. I was like, okay, well, I just needed to put that out there. Just needed to say it. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a, a good critique of the, the pilling thing is like, it's a pharma psyop. Okay. To, to always be talking about taking pills as like an yeah. ideological... Um, like ingesting ideology through pills is like sort of, I think that's like the higher level critique of like why we probably shouldn't use the word pill anymore. Mm. Um, However we get there. Exactly. (laughs) But, but this language, (laughs) these memes matter because uh, they do help shape people's vision of the world. Um, That's the galaxy brain take actually just like all pills are bad. Yeah. Like like stop taking pills. Stop stop thinking about pills. Like, It should be like meat, you know, think about like whole foods, basically like a steak. I just look, I I think we've all been there. We've all convinced someone that wasn't even considering Bitcoin, you know, to to think about it or use Bitcoin. Um, But I think in general, uh, there's too much focus on people that don't want Bitcoin yet and don't realize the need yet. And too little focus on just focusing on the people that already have the need and already mm-hmm. have the desire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe because it's the former is, is is an easier lift, even if you fail at at convincing them, it's it's an easier lift to go to complete new coiners, pre coiners, and yeah. and be like Bitcoin one hundred one. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you were like actually like what's what's the only thing more scarce than our Bitcoin? It's our time. Yeah. And if you wanted to actually talk about like, okay, let's say we have uh, 500,000 empowered individuals that like really care about the Bitcoin mission and the Freedom Tech mission and they want to go out and evangelize or be missionaries or whatever yep. on, 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 for a Bitcoin standard, like where is their time best used? Yeah. And most of that time is being wasted, quote unquote, orange, trying, attempting to orange pill mm. people that don't want it yet. So what should they do instead? Focus on the people that want it already and need it. There's a bunch of people that already want it. They don't know that that's what they want, yeah, but yeah. They, they they need it and want it. And those people are underserved. And then mm. the the general mass normies are overserved. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's. I think it's a question of like leverage, right? Like it's like two maybe two ends of the spectrum. Like there are people who like really need it around the world. Like they're represented like by many of the activists here this week. This week. And then there's like, if you can, if you can orange pill, like if your uncle is like Larry Fink or if your uncle is like someone who can move like billions of dollars into Bitcoin and like create, um, like sure. dramatic, like, you know, reservation demand for the asset that has like the NGU effect. Like I do think that matters. And like, so those two ends of the spectrum, like are high focus points, but yeah, like, I don't know, orange pilling, like your cousin who has, you know, he's just like some random guy. You got like, like $50,000 in savings yeah. or something. Wait, so you guys are saying don't orange pill your cousin? No, just maybe it like, or, or, you know, don't spend like, you know, a month of your life trying to get like. Well, you know, I would actually say I would say friends and family, are the exception period. And you can actually cut down on the time it takes because you just you like if you mention to them Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever you see them, they'll just completely dismiss you. Yeah. And then you mention it again and then the price pumps and then 
they're either really interested or the price dumps and they're like, ha, told you so. Then mm-hmm. the price pumps later and then they get interested and then they reach out to you because you're the Bitcoin cousin. It's or a whatever. filtering. You don't actually have to do that much work. You're just yeah. being a little bit annoying and you just keep repeating. Planting like, the seed. Yeah. Most family members that have gotten into Bitcoin or whatever, it's it's taken multiple touch points. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And you just do like I've had some experiences that like it took a decade for them from the first touch point to the to the end it took them a decade uh i see pablo in the comments asking about rabbit hole recap my other show uh that will be at 10 45 a.m central time tomorrow um so you're getting this instead um poor substitute no i think it's a great deal it's a great deal uh you get two for the price of one um John, what's your most controversial? What's a, or not your most controversial opinion, but what's something that Bitcoin Twitter would disagree with you on? Well, I threw out my controversial opinion on merchant adoption. Oh, right. Yeah. To, yeah. I can maybe come up with more. Uh, That's not really that controversial, though, is it? I guess. I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of disagreement with that, on, or I would, but maybe not. Um, Skylar, did you give us your controversial opinion? Oh. I sound like saying, smiling. You there. see, you keep saying controversial, which he, is he wants not to the say, right one. The right he's word. trying to shy away from his first he, podcast. He's already in the controversy. He really wants to say tail emission. I can see it. Yeah. Um, no, my my controversial or the, something I believe to be true that most Bitcoin Twitter would disagree with is I think stable coins are just gonna be. They're just so important. In the transition, they're so important. Who's important? Stable coins. Interesting. And that I don't feel like that's that controversial. Bitcoin Twitter disagrees with you, though. That's why you cared about. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know if it's controversial, but I, I think a lot of dis- Bitcoin Twitter would say, no, you just ignore stable coins. But also, when I say stable coins, I don't freaking care how they're built. But the terms where you, we agree the term stable coins is a psyop, right? Yes. Like there's they're inherently well, not. It, no, it's not a psyop. It's relative. Uh. Stability is relative or subjective, rather, like value is subjective. Stability is subjective. So one person's stability is another person's volatility, depending on what their context is. Like if someone's currency is inflating at 100 percent, that is chaos. Yeah. And the dollar is order. Right. So I'm like. But I mean, more from like. Yeah, this is in, sales in, psyop, and they're not going to no, last in, forever. In most of their incarnations, they have you know massive central points of failure yes. that could have like mm-hmm. just instant zero black yeah. swan risk. Yeah, I agree. So the so like it could be stable for yeah. I mean, look at Luna Terra, right? Is like the yes. example. So stable till it's not. Of course. So the yeah the the name is a psyop. We should just call them fiat coins. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that's that. fine. That's kind of better actually because it's it is what it is yeah. like but but like i said it's I don't a reverse really care. psyop too it's like i don't it, care how they're built it just it, it instills that it's a, it's the truth it's yeah. a psyop that gets you to the truth yeah. yeah yeah i like that um the so i don't care how they're built well i care how they're built i want them to be built well and i i don't want them to be that's like, what novigrad right. said right before he put the tattoo on his yeah on his arm. <laughs> but um most bitcoiners use dollars every single day and yet they say that they can't use a stable coin yeah I'm i mean like, it, why would you not why wouldn't like you could completely be off the fiat dollar system and you could be using some tether thing and some bitcoin thing and i'm like why would you not want that that would be cool i think 
so I mean, I think, uh, I mean, that's kind of what Strike does. Yeah. Uh, when they on their mm. in their global app, right, where yeah. they don't, have, but they don't give people access to withdraw the stable coins or deposit this or the fiat coins. Mm. You have to do it through Bitcoin or whatever. But it's yeah. it's what represents the dollar balance. I mean, the way I kind of look at it is like if Tether weren't to get shut down by the U.S. government, um, there's there's little reason to uh, to own Bitcoin or use Bitcoin or whatever. Like you have purchasing power protection or whatever. But um, you're saying if it, it my didn't point get is, shut down, my point is the reason Bitcoin exists is because centralized alternatives to traditional financial rails always get fucking shut down, mm. and Bitcoin needs to be as robust mm. and censorship resistant as possible. Mm. And what does that mean? It means it needs a free floating native token to yeah. pay miners, so you don't have any third party risk. And so the the whole reason we have Bitcoin, the token, in the first place. Uh, isn't for people to get rich, even though I do believe Bitcoin is designed to pump forever. It's because you need it for a system, yeah. a payment system that doesn't have sen- that has censorship resistance. Mm-hmm. So I think on a long enough time scale, most of these stable coins or fiat coins will actually be lessons in third party risk and custodial yeah. risk and yeah. lessons in why Bitcoin is great. Yeah. And it's hard for me. It's 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 it's. Building those kind of solutions are are relatively high time preference in my opinion because you're building something that will not last and that will potentially result in pain for users um, and we saw that with luna there was so much tether fud that when i was talking um to some bitcoiners in argentina or whatever there was a lot of usage of terror because it was the quote-unquote decentralized stablecoin or whatever and and those people didn't learn the risk of that until after they got rugged Right. They didn't understand yeah. what the trade-offs they were making until after they got rugged. And that is my biggest issue with it. I do ne- I will never like say that, you know, fiat coins aren't useful today, that people there's clearly tons of demand for it. People want dollars. Uh, the traditional financial system sucks. They're cut out of it. Yeah. Um, everyone anyone who's ever sent a wire yeah. mm-hmm. knows that it's a fucking pain in the ass and bank accounts are a pain in the ass. And just even if you're using a centralized chain like fucking Tron or something, it's incredibly easy uh to send tether and you don't have to you know you're not actually trusting the tron chain or whatever because you're trusting tether's excel spreadsheet and their bank vaults tether is just so based <laughs> dude i'm like like it is so cool i it amazes me it's so funny too because i've been like for a decade arguing against tether truthers <laughs> but also in the back of my mind just like tomorrow's going to be the rug <laughs> but like i i always just you know i call it cruise missile risk right like i yeah. i don't i think like it's you know the long harm of the u.s government will eventually like catch up to you and and not not necessarily like malicious so i both have expected tether to fail this whole time and then also have been arguing against the people that are just like tethers are straight up scams like pumping the price of bitcoin and like everything's a ponzi it's kind of like your Binance argument, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're in Bitcoin long enough, you just end up defending ridiculous <laughs> things. Well, it's it's nice because it it kind of breaks you out of like normal, traditional uh, thinking. I mean, because Binance is a complex thing and it, they are banking the unbanked all over the world. Yeah. In reality, like they're actually doing it. They're literally on the ground doing it. And Bitcoiners are saying, you guys, this is so bad. And I'm like, you should be doing that. I mean, the problem is they're like buy BNB, yeah, and they I know, do all this, I know. and all the other fucking shit. 
and they are doing shotgun KYC on people. And but like, look at the problem they're solving, and can't we solve that? Yeah. Like, aren't we smart enough to solve that problem? Well, it's less smart. I mean, I'm maybe it's a different type of smarts. It's not a technical smarts that has led to Binance's success. It's, 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 it's. To me, it's mostly CZ willing to potentially go to jail for the rest of his life for this whole time. And like, he's just been operating under that assumption. Like there was never an attempt like, yeah, he did like Binance us or whatever, but it was like a half-assed attempt. Like he's never tried to be regulatory compliant. He's just assumed this whole time. Like that's his enemy. And it's like, isn't that ANCAP? I mean, he is, that's, that's the difference between him and like more modern shit corners. In my opinion, he's like that sovereign individual Bitcoin yeah. shit corner. Right. You like be- he has big bags of Bitcoin. Like he understands the value prop of Bitcoin. <laughs> Uh, you know, he just also scams people. You can be an ANCAP shit coiner. Yeah. There are many, many, many for sure. cases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. there's two different breeds of shit corners, right? There's a shit corner. Like, I honestly believe that SBF, like when everything went to shit, like his, he had a go bag filled with crypto or whatever. And his go bag was like all Sam coins, like FTT and like soul and shit. Like he actually believed the shit he smoked. But like, I think that CZ's. <laughs> he was high on his own supply. CZ's that's for go sure. bag is, is fucking Bitcoin. Yeah. Like he, like he, at the end of the day, like BNBs is his fucking Ponzi token or whatever. But like, he knows the value of Bitcoin. There's a, mm-hmm. It's a different breed. Yeah, that's interesting. Do OGs get nostalgic of OG grifts and scams? I wouldn't say nostalgic, but it's just a different breed of people. Uh, I, uh, I mean, the Binance thing is interesting because of the same reason that the Tether Bitfinex thing is interesting. If you go by exchange, um, if if you go, it's hard to track metrics of exchanges, but yeah, because uh, they can be gamed, they can be faked. But Binance is by and far the largest. It's not even fucking close. But you, we can see what their exchange balance wallets are um, and like how many coins they supposedly hold for their customers like mm-hmm. on chain. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what their liabilities are. So it's not proof yeah. of reserves. Keep that in mind. But you can you can make some inferences based on that. And based on that, it goes Binance, then a big drop off, then Coinbase, then Bitfinex and then a big drop off. Mm. And, you know, Coinbase is going to custody all the ETF coins. They have already basically signed surveillance sharing agreements with the SEC and stuff. So like when the U.S. government says we need to make sure before we have an ETF that there's no market manipulation, what they mean is they want to make sure that the market manipulation is done by suits in a regulatory compliant manner. Yeah. And they don't want they don't want black market, uh, black market, almost, you know, influence free market influence over it. And they can't do that with Binance and Bitfinex and Tether existing. So in my opinion, that's where the majority of this flood is coming from. But at the same time, like he could be hit by a Christmas tomorrow. Like I'm not saying that's not the case. And not your keys, not your coins. Mm-hmm. And same with the Tether guys. Like it's crazy to me that they just. And now they hold all these treasuries. Like I don't even understand. Like, yeah. Can't they just rug treasuries? Like how does. Can't yeah, the... treasury rug treasuries? They've done it before, right? Two years ago with Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like. That was like the first time they ever really did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, man, so much has happened since then. That was always the funny part about Tether Truthers to me. It was like, they were like, uh, you know, they we need them to be holding dollars in bank accounts and Tether and all this stuff. And they're like, big conspiracy that was that they were holding Bitcoin in the background to back everything up because Bitcoin is is the best collateral ever. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, if you want to keep billions of dollars outside of government control, like that's the easiest way to do it. And in my mind, I was like, well, I hope for their sake, they're mostly holding Bitcoin. Like they're just going to get rugged in any kind of fiat. Well, it's, it's funny because it's like in the situation that the U.S. government is in right now, like China, Japan, a few other like massive bag holders of treasuries over the last like 10 years and especially the last couple of years have been like unloading their bags like crazy. Meanwhile, like Tether's like increasing its holdings of treasuries. And so the U.S. government's in this funny situation where like increasingly Tether is an important buyer of their debt, uh, of our debt. And yeah, with everyone else, like that's interesting know, fire selling it. It's like, what well, can we really afford a new tether right now? Yeah. So that's like maybe a bull case for it. Like for tether. Yeah. Like but it, it doesn't matter. None of this matters because it's built on centralization. So like for, like, Oh yeah. As much as I hate the Binance FUD and I hate the tether FUD, like they literally, it doesn't matter, you know, how much success they might find on a regulatory side or a game theory mm -hmm. side or whatever. There's just at any point it could just be zero. Right. Yeah, it's a turkey problem. Trusted third party. It's great. It's great. It's great. One day zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think that it's not valuable to work on stable solutions, like alternative stable providing solutions on Bitcoin? Yeah, I, I just don't. In know. the interim, I guess everyone can work on whatever they want to work on. I mean, that's the beauty, right? Work on Bitcoin without permission. But I don't think it's the best usage of time, particularly because in this this small window or whatever window it is, I don't know, maybe five to 10 years window where like there's this demand for like a non-TradFi US dollar. Like how many years will Tether serve that, first of all? And like we know these things always have network effect. Mm -hmm. So like does any nothing else really ever becomes dominant unless tether falls mm -hmm. and we saw these regulated attempts at it and and that was a complete dis dismissal of the main value prop is black market us dollars like you can't have a regulatory compliant competitor to tether yeah. so so like i don't even know if there's necessarily a direct financial incentive to do it mm -hmm. because i don't think you can actually take any reasonable market share from tether unless tether fails and in that situation you also have to be willing to make the same deal that the Bitfinex guys and the Binance guys made, which is, you know, you might be thrown in jail at some point. I don't think it's bad. I think it's the same answer that I had kind of on like um, grassroots pushing up, you know, Bitcoin right. adoption after merchants. It's like, definitely do it. Go for it. I don't know that it's like the highest leverage play, but. but okay. So I guess here's a scenario. You go, let's say you're like trying to build a product for someone outside the US and you go down there and you're listening to their problems and they're like, yeah, we tried Bitcoin. I, we can't use it because of the volatility. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just going to use Binance. Right. Like to me, I'm like, I can't listen to that and be like, no, I'm not going to try to think of something for that person. Well, like I think there's an argument at least. Um, like I see someone mentioning stable sats or like the yeah. proposal for s stability pools as a fediment module. Um, I think there's an argument that that work can be useful because the argument is you're trying to, in my opinion, the, the strongest argument there is that you're trying to reduce the pain yeah. that the ultimate tether failure happens because you create all these independent mm -hmm. pools that even though they, they have centralization risk or whatnot in, in different issues, they're, they're on smaller scales and they're smaller community, right? So less people get rugged at once. And, you know, I, I mean, I think the safe assumption is that eventually tether rugs whether it's you know force compelled or or on their own and i think eventually binance like same thing with binance but 
And and so like if we have these tools that reduce that risk and encourage people to use them instead of those, then mm. I think there's a strong argument there. That's I agree. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. But I mean, I think like but I wouldn't consider that like that's not like a fiat coin. That's like a that's a mechanism to peg a dollar value. It's in like a, a stability contract, yeah. I guess. That's not a sexy name, but like it's a stable balance. Yeah. yeah. That is something you agree upon with people you know and trust and you're leveraging the trust in that situation to gain this benefit of stability to save you from the volatility of bitcoin like that's and it's all anchored back to lightning and i mean bitcoin right. eventually um yeah i i love the concept of stable sats or stability pools like i think you know I, I th yeah so that so that's why i was kind of saying is like stable coins is like i don't care how they're built maybe it's a contract between people but like the end user is going to think that this is like a dollar they don't care how the mechanism works you know they're just like they don't understand the mandrake mechanism of the, the like our current currency um they don't understand how banks work they don't understand reserves or lack of reserves like all this stuff but they use dollars so i i just think people are going to want dollars for a long time Maybe five years, ten years. Maybe maybe that's not bullish enough, but I just think they're going to want stability in a chaotic world. I mean, I think saying that people are only going to want dollars for five years is pretty bullish. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> well, bullish, uh, bearish on Bitcoin. Five years, and like if it's in six years, people don't want dollars anymore. That's bullish as fuck. <laughs> well what's your what are you guys' time frames i don't know like 10 to 20 20 to 30 or yeah. something okay yeah yeah like what like money dies like gradually then suddenly right right yeah i just i, I don't and know when the suddenly is anymore. we have the best shit coin the dollar is the best shit coin so all the other so ones should happen first mm -hmm. right yeah in practice and maybe this this new bricks thing <laughs> does like changes the dynamic a tiny bit uh, yeah yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to discourage people from thinking about these sort of things. Like, because um, if we have 30 years, dude, I feel like people should be building a like a very based stability option that is connected to Bitcoin and like making really good experiences with that. Yeah, I don't know. I both like respect the need for it and the demand for it. Yeah. It definitely exists. But then also like, it's just never been my personal demand. I, I think yeah. what you were saying is like, is right. It's, it's, or maybe Matt said it, it's a, it's a really good fallback option to have for like a, yeah. a tether rug scenario. As long as tether exists, like it's, it's your point that Matt has made a lot. Like, you know, people just jump from chain to chain with stable coins, whatever gives no them loyalty. Like, yeah. Whatever yeah. gives them the, the lowest fees, the, the easiest experience. Well, some like, loyalty to tether is my point. Actually. Yeah. But that's not, not chain specific. My point is just like people just want like the easiest thing. Oh, with like most Tether liquidity. Tron, Tether, tether Ethereum. Yeah, exactly. No one gives a shit. Yeah, the lowest right, fees. Right. Centralization doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, centralization like is helpful for Tether. Yeah. Like you actually want that to be centralized. Because you have cheaper fees. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for the the day potentially when, you know, that goes to zero, like then having something like um, stability pools or Well, I think it's worth it if you have it before that. Because I actually right, right. think what happens be really is good before yeah. when Tether collapses, I believe in the opposite of Tether truthers. I I believe when Tether collapses, it's going to be the the green god candle of Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Because there'd be an escape from Tether, and there's nowhere the black market can go except. Well, it's like Bitcoin. when the banks collapsed. Yeah, that happened, right? Yeah, but even more so because yeah. it's fucking Tether. 
and it's you know natively in the ecosystem oh uh, yeah there's no jump yeah i think it becomes like uh i think i think it becomes hard for any like if we had i mean do you realize how big fucking tether is like if tether mm -hmm. goes down there's going to be a lot of users that are just never going to trust a stable balance again um yeah i mean yeah so like I actually think like these alternatives that are these more distributed alternatives they're just almost there to reduce the pain of yeah. tether because like you know maybe you can get a million people or 500,000 people to switch from tether to one of them or something mm -hmm. a bunch of them right you don't want it to just be a single rug mm -hmm. point either um but it could also be that tether doesn't get fully shut down but it just gets harder to use more KYC yeah i mean they've been forest. freezing addresses and stuff so and and then that's like pushing people towards like more no KYC. But not um, even that much because like we've seen frogs boiling over and over again. It's yeah. like uh, it's that's true. the beauty of the frog boil. I guess it, it's just it depends how inconvenient the experience gets for people. Yeah. Because like if you're in an unbanked area and everyone is now forced to have like sort of like bank account, it's like kind of shutting people off from using it. Um, but yeah. I mean, that's my thing that that's interesting. Bitcoin Trader doesn't agree with me on, but a couple of people do. I mean, crypto Twitter definitely agrees with you. Yeah. Bitcoin Twitter just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, guys, this has been a great conversation. Um, we do have a hard stop because we have... Yes. Um, programming happening here at the park uh before you wrap first of all it's been an honor and a privilege having you both on your first podcast experience it's been great um, yeah. you're both good friends and it's always good to kick it and it's great it was a great conversation um before we wrap up let's do final thoughts john final thoughts i forgot to give you my actual hot take which is that bitcoin vc has the potential to outperform bitcoin if uh, executed correctly but uh we're trying to wrap up i'll leave people with that with no additional elaboration <laughs> uh final thoughts it's getting me in trouble um more bitcoiners should be building healthy businesses uh they need to be thinking about customer needs and customer problems before providing solutions to them and yeah buy bitcoin Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you both. Uh, since John put me in the hot seat, uh, I'm going to say um, Bitcoin is the scarcest asset that we've that has ever existed, period. People do not appreciate the scarcity. Mm. Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult uh, at this part of the adoption cycle for businesses to outperform Bitcoin. Mm. Um, does not mean it's not possible. Um, there's been a lot of focus on what that means for potential investors and every investor should always, that's a Bitcoiner should always keep that in mind. What is my opportunity cost? Um, if I could own Bitcoin instead of investing in a startup, um, there's obviously flywheel benefits, even if it doesn't outperform Bitcoin because you're making the ecosystem more robust. Um, but I think there's less focus on that every founder is doing the same exact calculation. The mm -hmm. focus is often on the investor side. Um, but all these founders of all these Bitcoin startups, they're doing the math in their head. 
you know, if I didn't launch this business and try and bootstrap it for four years in the early stages of Bitcoin's adoption cycle, could I have stacked more sats by just working yeah. my cubicle dead end fiat job or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so this is a calculation that literally every Bitcoiner should be making on a on a constant basis. I think even if you're spending dollars, your your unit of account should be Bitcoin because that could be Bitcoin you own that you don't own. Um, and it's just a whole mind shift change. Um, and, and, and what is the dream? The dream there is um, when you have a good money that's worth saving and that preserves your wealth and accrues value over time, then you actually allocate capital efficiently yep. and you don't yep. make dumbass decisions because you're not bailed out. And you, you, you literally have to um, allocate your time and your money efficiently in order for it to be worth it, right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, this is great. Um, As always, Dispatch is funded by our audience. We have no ads or sponsors. Um, I'm just going to quickly read out the top four boostergrams on Fountain. Um, The episode was yesterday. The most recent episode was yesterday. So it's incredibly impressive that you guys have boosted us to the top of the podcasting 2.0 leaderboards in less than 24 hours. We have at Eric99 with 300,000 sats. Boost to get this episode on the leaderboard. 95% failed, so it only really cost me 15,000 sats. Mary Oscar with 100,000 sats. Big test two. Up, oh, that failed as well. Dash with 100,000 sats. Great rip. Also failed. Mary Oscar, big test. Thanks, Odell, for great content. 100,000 sats. Also failed. Um, so we're working on liquidity to my node. Um, it is not a solved problem. Hopefully it will get fixed, but I will say to the freaks, thank you. Uh, I told them last week, I was like, I told them yesterday, I was like, because it's failing, if you do really big boosts, you don't have to pay me. The sats just go back to your wallet, um, but it still counts towards the leaderboard. So oh, really? thank you for your support, even if it wasn't financial. And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys soon. I'm going to try and get a rip with Barack in uh, before this weekend so we can uh, discuss ARC and, and debate the merits and whatnot. But with all that said, huge shout out to John and Skylar for joining us. Thank you, Freaks, for your support. I appreciate you all. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace.